Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney founder of IRA Financial. On today's episode, we're going UBIN. Yeah, I've been asked, repeatedly asked, hey, Adam, can you just give me an ad mail on UBIN, unrelated business income tax, which seems to cause the most headaches and questions for clients that use an IRA or 401k to do alternative asset investments. So I said, of course, sure. Your wish is my command. So here we go. We're going to get three questions that hopefully once we're done with today's podcast, which in our seven, 10 minutes or so, you're going to know everything you need to know about UBIT. So before I get into these three questions, let me just give a quick synopsis in a minute or so what UBIT is. Unrelated business income tax or unrelated business taxable income, whatever you call it. It's initially a tax that was imposed on charities like the Red Cross that had unrelated income. Like if you were a hospital and you made money, <coughs> excuse me, selling soccer balls or tennis balls, you would pay tax on that income because it was unrelated to the exact purpose of saving lives. Well, unfortunately, IRAs are treated like charities. They're both tax exempt under 501. And even though an IRA or 401k does not have an exempt purpose, right? A retirement account's purpose is to make money. So it could accumulate for the beneficiary of the IRA, the owner uh, or his heirs. So, or her heirs. So why does this tax apply? Well, there's no good reason. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. So there's really only three ways that you can trigger UBIT in a retirement account. One, use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. Now there's an exception for 401ks under section 514c9. Why do I say non-recourse? Because section 4975c does not allow you to personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. So that's why the loan has to be non-recourse. The second is if you use a non-recourse loan by stock, right? So if you use a non-recourse loan by real estate in an IRA, exception for 401ks, non-recourse loan by stock or another asset inventory. And then thirdly, if you invest in an active business like a restaurant or store that's operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC, um, that's why if you invest in publicly traded companies like Apple or Google, there are businesses. So you may say, well, should I be paying UBIT? Oh my God. The answer is no, because publicly traded companies are all C-Corps. So Corp is a big box. It boxes in the UBIT. There's a corporate level tax. So there's no reason and there's no way that UBIT can flow to the owner since it already is boxed in and subject to a corporate level tax. So um, that's in a nutshell how the UBIT rules work. The highest UBIT tax rate follows the trust tax rates. And in 2023, the highest rate is 37%, which is triggered at a very, very low income threshold at approximately $15,000. So let's get to the question. First one's from VJS of Houston, Texas. VJ wants to know, if I do a non-recourse loan with my self-directed IRA and buy real estate and pay off the loan, will UBIT go away? So good question, remember? It has to be a non-recourse loan to buy real estate and IRA. So you did that, you paid it off, you paid it out through your IRA. Um, if you have less than $1,000 of income, there's no UBIT tax. 
you can use losses like depreciation, other expenses, pro rata to reduce the amount of income subject to UBIT. But if you pay off the loan, what happens? Well, the rules state that as long as you wait 12 months, once the loan has been fully paid off, and at that point you're deemed to have no more debt for UBIT purposes. And then if you go ahead and sell that asset, no UBIT will apply. But VJ, you have to wait 12 months from when the loan is completed, when the payments have been done, the loan has been uh, exhausted or uh, completed uh, or finalized. Then after 12 months from that date, you can transact and sell that asset and the loan will be deemed outstanding and there will be no more UBIT. So good question, VJ. Second question is from Facebook. <clears throat> I'm thinking of investing in a real estate fund that will own real properties, rental properties, excuse me. Do you think that will trigger UBIT? So let's go through the analysis, right? Three ways to trigger UBIT. Non-recourse loan to buy real estate. So is there going to be a loan to buy the real estate? Well, probably, right? I don't know a real estate fund that doesn't use leverage. Pretty much impossible. Even if Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, set up a real estate fund, they would use leverage, even though they have billions and billions of dollars. Makes no sense to use your money, use other people's money, greater buying power. That's how real estate developers work. So that's why now the Fed's raising interest rates, they're trying to put a clamp on some of the uh, real estate value appreciation. So um, probably, the answer is probably, if you're buying into a real estate fund, generally funds are passed through entities, so they're not corporations. They are partnerships, LLC. So uh, even though it's rental properties and that rental income would not be subject to UBIT, the issue is most real estate funds will use leverage alone associated with that investment fund. And because there's leverage outstanding, and just like you know, VJ's question, in these funds, they don't exhaust the leverage before selling, right? The leverage is part of their strategy. So it's going to be outstanding at the time of sale. So the income that flows through could be subject to UBIT. Now, there's some ways to potentially get around it through a blocker. You can set up a C-Corp blocker and reduce the 37% maximum UBIT tax to 21%. We can help with that. There's a potential to use like a Cayman Island form blocker, but with real estate, that's a problem because of something called FERPTA. So the best way to minimize is the domestic C-Corp blocker, which will reduce the 37% tax to 21%. Third final question in today's podcast is from Judy M of Western Florida. Judy wants to know, I want to invest in a venture capital fund with my self-directed IRA. Will I have potential UBIT issue? Um, good question. So let's go through the analysis. Will the fund use leverage? Maybe, potentially, right? Depending on the venture capital fund, some do leverage. So if the answer is no, then let's go to the second, second question. Will the venture capital fund invest in businesses? Yes. Now, will those businesses be operated by a pass-through entity? A pass-through entity is an LLC or partnership. So if the venture capital fund up here is investing in an AI company, and that's an LLC, assuming it has profits, which a lot of these startups don't, uh, will that trigger UBIT? So if there is net business income from these startups and they are operate through an LLC or partnership, then there could be UBIT. But a lot of venture capital funds do invest in corps. A lot of investment funds, they have foreign investors, pension funds, others don't want to invest in pass-through entities. They only want to invest in, in a corp, like a Delaware corp. So 
Something you can ask the Venture Capital Fund, their private placement memorandum, subscription docs, should have info on UBIT. You should just look out for it. You can ask the promoter or the general partner. Um, I've seen, it all depends. There's always a mix, but a lot of the bigger venture capital funds, they'll require their portfolio companies to be corps, not LLCs, but that, that's not always the case. So a real estate fund, you generally always have UBIT if there's net income um, or if there's a sale of the real estate associated with the leverage. In a venture capital fund, it's a mixed bag. It's not always subject to leverage, because uh, subject to UBIT because um, there may not be leverage and the portfolio companies are um, often set up as C-Corp. So again, those are the three things to remember triggering UBIT. UBIT is really not that complicated. It, it, it gets a bad rap. It's, it's actually, and hopefully you know, people have watched the videos and the podcast that I've done, read the blogs in my books. It's really not that head. Summarizing three ways to trigger UBIT. Non-recourse loan by real estate, exception for 401ks. You can use a non-recourse loan by real estate in a solo K without triggering UBIT. So if you are self-employed, you have an IRA, business with no full-time employees, let us know. We'll help you get into a solo. Number two, non-recourse loan to buy stocks. And not a lot of people are using margin stocks, especially with interest rates being high. So it doesn't really come into play. The, the third is, is the most confusing category where if you invest in a business uh, or a fund that uses leverage since the funds are passed through, real estate, venture capital, private equity, and then the underlying business needs to be operate through a pass-through. If the underlying business is a corp like Apple or Tesla, <clears throat> then UBIT will not apply because it will be blocked in. So those are the three things. So anytime your IRA or 401k is investing in business, you should first thing you should ask is, is it a corp? The answer is, yeah, you're good. No UBIT. If it's a pass-through entity like an LLC, you need to consider UBIT. Uh, if there's no profit, you could be okay. If you sell the stock of a business, uh, of a pastoral entity, if someone buys your LLC interest, there would be no UBIT, but in a lot of the venture capital funds, there's you know, distributions that roll up. So if the underlying assets have leverage associated with it or they're active trader businesses through a pastoral entity, um, again, you may have some UBIT. So that's really the only bucket that's a little bit confusing, but the good news is, hey, if you're a client's fire financial, um, we help you with all this, we'll take care of this walk you through the rules, help you explore opportunities, whether it's a C-Corp blocker, maybe a foreign blocker for a hedge fund, um, and then kind of talk to you the rules, to help you understand them best, and hopefully you become the best, most tax advantageous investor uh, you can do. And that's kind of the name of the game. So thank you for um, listening. If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this UBIT specific ad mail, and that's another ad mail in the bag. Don't forget to uh, leave a comment. If you have questions, you can leave them here or just email them to info diary financial, ask Adam or add mail or whatever. It'll find me. Um, or just hit us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, even um, and YouTube. So other than that, hope everything is good and uh, we'll see everyone again next week. Ciao. Take care.